Thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you for your will. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. I want to welcome you all to this uh, wonderful meeting. It's a privilege to be standing here before you all. And I trust God to speak to each and every one of us in a unique way. Uh, God has registered something in my spirit I'm going to share with you all today. And it's something very, very peculiar. And I have to undergo this myself. I will, I will try to call it uh, moving away from independence. Moving away from independence. We, we have a preconceptuous mind about what independence means. And this is something we have to tackle because it has been an issue that people are confronting. And as kingdom people, we need to understand that first of all, we are kingdom people. So therefore, we have kingdom culture first. That is what comes first in the kingdom of God. And as it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So I want to kick start by saying, what do we know as independence? We have ideologies today that try to explain what independence means. Uh, some people see it as freedom and trying to be free, trying to be on your own, trying to be self-reliant, trying to be self-sufficient. But I want to define independence as to be alone. If you're alone, you are independent. If you have no influence over you, you are also independent. It means you are not under any authority. You are all by yourself. It's also a state of no submission. You are the boss. And you have no authority over you. Let's look at this story, which most of us, I think, we are acquainted with. It's about the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Luke 15, start reading from verse 11. I would like us to understand that the root of independence is coming from selfish ambition. Trying to be who you want to be. If you are there, let's go. 11. Then he said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country. And there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that, in that land. And he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into this field to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled the stomach with the pot of the swine ate. And no one gave him anything to eat. But when it came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father 
and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatting calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Then uh, it went ahead to say the elder brother came back and had a bit of reaction to what is happening. But from the beginning of this story, you will discover that this son wanted independence. He wants to be on his own. At every point in time, we have come to a point that we say we want to be on our own. I don't want somebody talking to me all the time. Let me just be on my own. But every action we take always has a reaction. When you say you want to be on your own, you'll be on your own. But there's always going to be a point whereby you have to go back to yourself. In this story, something I want us to take note of is this. He made a decision that he's leaving the house. He's leaving a place of comfort. He's leaving a covering. The house represents a protection that he has over his head. He wants to go and start up on his own. But as soon as he leaves, he, of course at the beginning it was fun. He was having a lot to lavish. But soon after that, a great famine arrived and he began to be in want. So, what independence does is that at the beginning you are having everything nicely, but soon after that he joined himself with the citizen of that country. You will find out that when you become independent, you will be the one now making the choice. And the choices will be the one that you didn't know you will make. Independence here leads to wrong decision or indecision. Sometimes you are not able to make decision because you are independent. You don't have any guidance to tell you this is what you are supposed to do or not, not to do. But I love the way he reacted to the whole situation. When the, the Bible says, and he came to himself, after he had discovered that this life is not what I deserve. He now turned and said, how many of my father's hired servants are in this condition? He left his status as a son. And is even living worse than a servant. He now said he came to himself. At every point in time, we need to always address ourselves and say, what is actually going on? Like a evaluation of your journey so far. Say, now I have to go back to my father. This is it. He got an understanding that he has to go back. Sometimes when we go out, we are always afraid of going back because we don't know how we are going to be accepted. But he took an action. See, I'm going back. When he got there, actually this happened in a setting where the Jewish setting, whereby when somebody leaves the house, and he said, I'm going to be on my own. When he tries to come back, what the people do is that they carry a pot as soon as they see you and they break it before you. And that means that you are no longer welcome because you have made a decision that you have left. But look at what the father did. As soon as he see him, before anyone could reach him, he ran and went to the son 
and embrace him. This is very unique because the father went ahead instead of looking at his past failures and his past failed decisions he went to embrace him and look at the first thing he said he said get me the best robe in verse 22 he said bring out the best robe and put it upon him that robe represents God's glory what God's glory does is that it covers our sin it covers our failures it covers our shame because the devil the accuser will always come and tell you you have failed to do this you have failed to do that he said cover his shame bring me a robe and cover him put a sandals on his feet give him a ring I have restored him take note of the word restored he has taken him back to the position that is how faithful God is that is how merciful God is Amen and they began to marry and he said this son was dead and is alive again it means God will always overlook your failures because at every point in time he always has a provision he always has a backup plan nothing happens that takes God by surprise that is very unique nothing takes God by surprise so when you go on your own you will always come back home you will always come back home this is something I've also learned from this son he did not allow his pride his personal self-ego to overrule his actions if it was somebody else he would like okay I've left my father out. I can't go back anymore but he was willing to even take the position of a servant because he understood that his father will always have that place in his heart to forgive him that is very very important we need to recognize our weaknesses we need to recognize that we need help we need to recognize that we are not all sufficient when we make mistakes what is the first thing you do do you run back to the place of help or you try to solve it on your own so the thing here is that he made a decision he had a plan in mind actually he prepared a speech to give to the father but when he got there the father took another dimension said no 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 don't worry I've overlooked all that that is why you are my son amen so he went ahead to act on that decision so we have to be careful about the deception of independence because what independence tried to tell you is that when you are on your own, you've got everything. Mm. You are very powerful. Nobody can tell you what to do. You have become your own boss. And you have everything. But that is not true. Because when you become independent, you are no longer answerable to anyone. So you can do anything. Amen. Let's look at what the devil did to Eve in Genesis in Genesis chapter 3 he came and deceived them Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1 now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made and he said to the woman has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden and the woman said to the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden but of the tree or the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden God has said you shall not eat it nor you will not touch it lest you die 
Then verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that the day in which you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Look at this statement. What the serpent now told the woman is, Did God say you should not do this? He tries to bring doubt. He starts to question what God said. Actually twisting what God said. And this is where the battle of compromise comes to play. Because sometimes we look at our lives and say, Well, this is not totally bad, you know. If we allow it to be like this and like this, it shouldn't be a problem. What compromise does is that it breaks the principle. When God said A, it is A. He said, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. But today we discover that people are willing to give some flexibility to the world or try to interpret it the way it will suit their own will. So, independence actually drives you far away from what God has established for you and me. It's very, very dangerous. And I mean it because it has a way of infiltrating and creeping in before you discover it. We live in a society where Individuals are seen to be very, very important. The society is very, very individualistic. It's all about me, I, and myself. <laughs> or if you want to extend it a bit, my family. And that is all. What about the other person? I don't care. But that is a big deception. Because that is actually what the devil wants. He wants people to be separated and disjointed because the more separated you are the more weak you will become the more you can find loopholes and you'll be able to operate so why am i saying this because this is something that is deeply rooted in our culture so the mindset has to change i'm not first of all a nigerian Sorry, I'm first of all a kingdom person. I'm not first of all a Swedish person. I'm first of all a kingdom person. I'm not from Finland. I'm from the kingdom of God. God has sent me here on a mission. I only came through Finland. That should be the response. I did not come, I'm not from Finland, but I came through Finland. Because God, I was with God and God released me here for his mission. Amen. If we understand that, we will discover that everything we'll do will be very, very easy. Because the basic principle that will rule our life will no longer be what the culture says or what the people say, but what the world says. That is going to be the foundation upon which we build our lives. I have to slow my tempo so that you can get me. <laughs> Amen. So, the question in our hearts right now will be, how do we overcome this independence? What are the tools we need to have to overcome this independence? Because whether we like it or not, it's affecting some areas of our lives which we need to address. One, and it's very, very important, we have to submit to authority. Never operate alone. Never operate alone. Because when you are alone, you are very, very vulnerable. You are open to different things. It's like when Jesus Christ was trying to tell his disciples about the, the tree. He said, when you are planted on the sandy soil and on the rock, the houses, I mean, 
The house that is built upon the rock will stand when there comes wind and storm. But the house that is built on the sandy soil is going to fall because the foundation is shaky. So the foundation is that you have to get yourself rooted in the world. Amen. So the first thing is that never operate or function alone. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 5. Ephesians chapter 6. And verse 5. Say, born servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as born servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord, not as to men. Knowing whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. Amen. This is very, very important. That your submission to authority should not have boundaries. We should be born servants. Anywhere you find yourself, anything you do, submit yourself as if you are doing it unto the Lord. That should be the first thing that should be in your mind. When you work for your bosses, don't do it as if you are doing it for them. Do it as if you are doing it unto the Lord. Because where you find yourself, you are there on a mission. You are there because He has sent you there. He has released you for his own purpose. So when you go, you represent him in everything you do. So, I would like to explain what bond servant means in a brief while. Being a bond servant means you have been bonded. Not like under bondage. But you are a servant that has been permitted to leave but you've decided to stay. Because you want to stay but you are free and you are part of the family. Amen. And that is very, very important because if we are born servants, it means we have authority and we have rights actually. And we have freedom. But we are acting in authority. We are under an authority. You have the covering, so to speak. But you have your own freedom also. Sorry. I know it says in the Finnish Bible, only servant. Okay. But there is a difference between a servant and a bond servant. This is what I was talking about, the difference here. Yeah. It's okay. about that servant who gets to uh, eat people. Yeah. yeah. But I just wanted to explain Although the Finnish Bible says servant, there's a difference between someone who serves and somebody who is a bond servant. Okay? That's what he's trying to explain. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt, but I, I know that the, Bible, the Finnish Bible doesn't explain that. Okay? So, being bonded means you have been united to that master. And you are no longer like his slave, but you are like part of his family. And you've got your freedom, but you've decided to stay in the family. Okay. Yeah, that is important. Yeah. So, it functions in that way. And the second thing... I'm going to be talking about all this. I'm going to give you examples also of people in the Bible so we can have a better understanding. It's relationship. The second point is relationship. How do you overcome independence? By relationship. Let's look at John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse 19. 
Jesus speaking. He said, and Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say unto you, the Son cannot, can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Amen. He's trying to tell us here that he does not work by himself. He has this relationship, this connection with God, his Father. That he only does or he does what he sees the Father doing. Amen. This might be further explained with the scripture. Let's go to John chapter 14. John 14, 10. Here he was addressing Philip. Because Philip was asking him to show them the Father. <laughs> And he said, Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words I speak unto you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father dwells in me, does the works. Believe in me, that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. This is trying to show a very strong, committed relationship he has with the Father. That is why when you look at the prayer he had in the garden, he said, Oh Father, I wish this cup pass over me, but not my will, O Lord, but your will be done. He's willing to let go of everything because of the sake of the relationship he had with the Father. Amen. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. From verse 1. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the wine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can, it, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burnt. If you abide in me and my words in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples Amen mm-hmm. here it is talking about a very very strong and unique relationship of submission and understanding of communication and openness what relationship does is that you are open to one another you know yourself and you are able to help each other Amen. So, we are not working like everybody on his own, but we are working together. He says, I in you and you in me. He's talking about this strong connection here. Because the vine, which is a tree, has branches. And if you cut a branch and keep it on its own, it's just going to be there because it is disconnected from the source. The source or the tree... The, 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 the branch gets its food from the vine. So when you take it away, no relationship is going to be on its own independently. And what happens is going to be withered and die. So we have to understand 
that here the words which is speaking to them now the word because the word here purifies it cleans and at the end he said when you have a perfect relationship with the world and with one another my father will be glorified because the works you will be doing will make you different will make you special will make you unique but remember the application of the word comes after the word has been founded in your life and my life Amen. Amen. That is just an abrupt version. <laughs> okay, let's go to the third point. How to overcome independence. It might be sounding a bit odd. Why are we preaching against independence? I will explain to you later. <laughs> Walk in love. If you look at that same scripture, John chapter 15, verse 9, it says, As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Something I want us to remember is that God does not have love. God is love. He doesn't have it as one of his actions. He has it as a quality. As him. You cannot love outside God. It's plain and simple. <laughs> when you try to explain love outside God you have gone outside you cannot get it right because God founded love that's why I say God is love Amen let's look at what Romans chapter 8 from verse 38 says about this Romans chapter 8 from verse 38 I will read it in For I am persuaded that neither death or life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Here it is explaining different situations that would like to stand before you and the love of God. But the fulfillment of His love is coming to the understanding of who Jesus Christ and Lord means. You have to get the full dimension because it's the fulfillment of God's love. You don't just know Jesus and stop there. You have to understand what the body of Christ means. Then you come to the point whereby you are able to submit to His Lordship. Amen. When Jesus becomes the Lord of your life, it means you are no longer in control. You submit your will to His will. It is no longer what you want to do, but what you want to do through you. Very, very unique. So when you operate, you are operating as his representative here on earth. Fulfilling what he has asked you to do. Amen. Hallelujah. The fourth point is... To worship in spirit and in truth. To worship in spirit and in truth. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Glory be to God. From verse 23. But the hour is coming, and now is, 
when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. For God is a spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is not just when you sing and lift your hands up to heaven and say some nice things to God. Worship means deeper than that. Worship is an attitude. Worship is submitting your life and making it a living sacrifice unto God. Worship is what you do that gives glory to God. So, God has created us here for one singular purpose, to worship Him. He wants to take your life and He wants to use it. When you get to that point whereby your words are no longer strong enough, well, God begins to see the actions. Then you are living a life of worship. You take it a step further. When people see you, they see somebody in God's image and likeness. They see the man we are supposed to be. They see a solution carrier. They see the atmosphere all around you. When you when you enter a place, something happens because you are not operating by your own authority. Because your life already is a worship to God, it begins to perform things. And men will see those signs and say, wow, there must be something special about you. Amen. Mm-hmm. There are people whose life serve as an example to what we've been talking about. First, I want to look at Jesus Christ as a person who walked here on earth as a man but still fulfilled the purpose of God for his life. Jesus did not walk in independence. He was always dependent on God. Always. In John chapter 17, we we'll go there quickly. John chapter 17 he was making a prayer for his disciples for his disciples and in verse 6 he said I have manifested your name to men whom you have given to me out of the world they are yours you give them to me and have kept them in your world now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you for I have given them the words which you have given me and they have received them and have known surely that I have come forth from you and they have believed that you have sent me this is a very very passionate prayer from Jesus because he has fulfilled what God has asked him to do as the elder scriptures we read he said I do, any, I do not do anything of my own but what I see my father do. So, he gets the plan from God and he fulfills it accordingly. Amen. Verse 4 I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given to me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself 
with the glory which I have with you before the world was. This is interesting. He has done what God has asked him to do. And what is the benefit of that? He can now enjoy the glory. Amen. A lot of times people chase for things that are very, very... I'm looking for the easy word to use in English. <laughs> very, very uh, little. Yeah. I wanted to use the word inconsequential, but little is okay. <laughs> Insignificant. Insignificant, yes. Not yeah. Something that does not have that much importance. They try to grab on, onto the gates. You talk about the anointing, the miracles, they try to grab onto that. But there's a deeper dimension. When you walk with God, you get to a point whereby your life alone is becoming a sign and a wonder to the world. Amen. That is where God wants us to reach. Whereby you walk and you are able to manifest Him in everything you do. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at Joseph for a while. This is a very, very interesting character because I was able to study this character in and out to see how he operated in that time. This was a young man that had the gift of dreams. So he kept on dreaming. And each time he dreamt, his dream always led him into trouble. <laughs> the first dream was his brothers were buying that thing and that led him into the pit. They brought him out and sold him to Egypt. But this is what happened I want you to look at. Because Joseph was a man that never walked alone. Why? Because he was committed to God. And God was always with him. Let us look at Genesis chapter 39. Genesis 39. Genesis 39 from verse 1 now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh captain of the guard an Egyptian bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there and the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man and he was in the house of the, his master the Egyptian and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand so Joseph found favor in his sight and served him then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had he put it under the authority of Joseph so it was from that the time that he had made him overseer of the house and, had, and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he did not know what he had except for bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Amen. Yep. This is unique. If you go through the story of Joseph, you will discover he had four coats, I think. The first coat was taken off him and was mixed with blood when he was pushing to the feet. He came out. The second code was used by Potiphar's wife to lie against him. Then he got into the prison. He had a code which was removed mm -hmm. from him. And he got the final code which was the one that they gave him when he became prime minister. This represented four significant things about his life. Those codes were like his environment. 
But there was one environment that did not change. And that was the glory of God upon his life. When the Bible says, and God was with him. The presence of God was upon his life. That made him special. That was the favor that people saw. You know? And he understood this. He understood that he wasn't just another person, another individual. He is not common. Amen. He is not common. And if you look at verse 9 in Genesis chapter 39, when Potiphar's wife was trying to lie with him, this was the statement he made. He said, There's no greater in the house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. And then, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against my God? Now, Potiphar's wife would have given him the connection if he wanted to get into the palace. She was the wife of one of the strongest men. But that was not what he had in his mind. He knew his mission. He knew what he was there to do. He knew whenever a man takes you to a place, a man can bring you back. But he said, listen, my master has not given, has given me right over everything in this house but you. So how can I do this wickedness against him? But most importantly, how can I sin against my God? So he had that understanding that he's not just another individual. Then this scripture in First Peter chapter two, verse nine comes to mind when he says, First uh, Peter chapter two, verse nine. First Peter two nine. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 2.9 He said, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim his praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So Joseph knew he was chosen. He knew he had been sanctified. He had been set apart. He has been uniquely positioned. He's not just one of those guys. Amen. And when you understand that your life is not just your life, but it belongs to someone, you will take care of it the way it's supposed to be. So, nothing, not everything will apply to you. Amen. That is why he lived a life of purity before God. Because he knew his life was set apart, was sanctified. In Jeremiah chapter 29, I think, where it says, uh, before you were born, He knew you. Before you came out, He sanctified you. He set you apart for what He has called you. Then, after you came out, He ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Meaning, you were there with him. He knew you, of course, before you came here. Then when you were coming, he packaged you. Is that, do you have any word like that in Finnish? <laughs> that is, he got you ready for your assignment. Everything you were supposed to be, he put it inside you. Then you came out, then he released you for that assignment. That is why for you to be able to do whatever you want to do in life, you need to find it in the manual, which is the Bible. Because that is what everything you are supposed to do is in. That is where the assignment is. Amen. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 1. Yeah, Jeremiah 1, verse 5, sorry. Uh, the one in 29 is different. <laughs> Jeremiah 1, chapter 5. Uh, yeah. Hallelujah. 
Jeremiah 1 chapter 5. That is a unique scripture for us to remember. Then, if you look at Joseph again, after he left the, the, the Potiphar's house, he got to the prison and the same anointing kept on repeating itself. From verse 21 to 23, you will discover that he had favor even with the official of the prison and he was now made in charge. But he kept relationships in the prison. He had relationship with the prisoners because he understood something that even though God is going to take him out of the prison, he is going to use a human being. And if you discover how did he get out of prison, God used somebody he had helped in the past to bring him out of the prison, even though the person forgot. But there's always going to be a day of remembrance. That is what whatsoever we do, we shouldn't do it to the people. We should do it because of God. Because there's always going to be a day of reward. Men can give you an award, but only God can give you a reward. Amen. No matter what men give you, it's going to be just here. But when God does it, He does it in His own time. And He beautifies everything. Amen. Very, very interesting. Let's go to the third character I have here. Moses. <laughs> this was a man that had a unique relationship with God. And it was mentioned in Exodus chapter 33 verse 11. If you go through that. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. As a man speaks to his friend. And he will return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacles. Amen. There was a unique relationship there. That was why Joshua was strong enough to take over from Moses. Because he was discipled. He was prepared by Moses. Amen. He never acted alone. Amen. Psalms chapter 103 verse 7 says, God made, way, God made known his ways to Moses, but his acts to the children of Israel. That is a different dimension. When you see acts, you only see the actions. But ways is that you, the person reasons with you. There is communication. There is relationship. Amen. So, Moses had this unique relationship with God. But the children of Israel stepped back. Because this relationship was supposed to be with them. But they were afraid when they heard his voice from the fire and they went back. That Moses go. We don't want to go there. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's go quickly to the uh, other character I see. The apostles. The apostles. Something unique happened to them. They didn't also walk on their own. They walked as brothers. They walked un together as a family. They had relationship going on within them. In Acts chapter 2, it says from verse 44 to 47. Amen. Let's read that. Acts chapter 2. After Jesus had left, it was time for them to be united and take over the great commission. Acts chapter 2. From verse 44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one another in one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were supposed to be saved. Amen. This is unique because uh, when Jesus left them, it was a bit of shock for them. Some of them thought they were not prepared. But look at how God worked in them. But they had to understand that they had to bond together. 
for them to be able to accomplish anything. Amen. So, oneness of heart. They came together. Everybody was open. There was nothing to hide. Amen. Because when you work together as family, you don't hide anything. Everybody knows each other's weakness and we're able to help each other. That is why it is very important to be a family. Amen. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. So, just to summarize what I have said today, the first level, which is independence, which we have to move away from, has to do with self. You have to understand it comes from greed and it comes from selfishness. Independence deals with self, me, I, and myself. When you move away from that, you have to understand that we need to be interdependent on one another. So therefore, your weakness becomes my strength, my strength becomes your, your my weakness becomes your strength. We help each other to grow as the body. No part of the body can abide by itself. We need each other to function. And we have to understand ultimately that we have to be totally dependent on God. Totally dependent on God. How do you do that? You submit your will to Him. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in, that lives in me. Amen. I've been crucified with Christ. All things were kept together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. Romans chapter 8 from verse 28. Mm-hmm. Amen. When you understand that, you understand that you have a purpose, but you need to submit your will for Him to be the driver of your will. Amen. Let me give you this scenario. It's very interesting. Whenever you want to travel to a destination, you the passenger, what do you do if you are going to fly to a destination? You know where you want to go to, but you go to the pilot, yep, and you pay. You know where you're going to tell him I want to go to, to some some place? Then the pilot now takes over your life, so to speak. He's <laughs> now in charge. But the pilot does not work alone. He has the control tower, which he always communicates with. Amen. Mm-hmm. And thereby you get your destination safely, usually. <laughs> but you have to understand how it works. You know where you are going to, but you need somebody to get you there. So you have to submit your will into the hands of God to take you to where you are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But there needs to be a relationship, communication, and working together. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Let us close our eyes for a shout of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for ministering to us, O oh Lord, in this dimension today. We thank you that ears have been anointed to hear, as have been anointed to Receive this word, O oh Lord. Let it be a seed that has been planted on good soil. Let your name alone be glorified, Jesus. Be glorified in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, good work. <laughs> I wish I'd understood the word. Sorry, I didn't. Um, something I thought I said that I thought may have aroused something, so I just wanted to explain something. He said, I don't come from Nigeria. I don't come from Finland. I come from God. And we need to understand that. Um, if that's okay with you, if I can explain this a little bit here. If we open to Deuteronomy, which is the fifth book of Moses. 
in chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5. 